Hi and welcome to the Girl Next Door podcast. I'm your host Renee Bennett and this is a leadership podcast for ordinary girls compelled to lead an extraordinary life. Make sure you come and find me on social media, girlnextdoor.podcast. So we do not need to uh, introduce Chris because we all love Chris and we know who Chris is, but we're going to have a conversation today. Feel free to take notes, uh, but we're going to start with something fun, okay? Let's do it. All right. I'm in. Hello. Hi. Weird questions for Chris. Okay. Hang on, let me find them. Do you get nervous? When we start this way, just (laughs) because it's like I don't know what I can and cannot say. We can blurt out anything that you say that maybe is inappropriate. Okay, except I can't find my questions. Hang on. Okay, here we go. If you could choose a song to be the soundtrack of your life, what would it be? Wow. Uh, I'm, I'm, wow. I don't know. Maybe like Welcome to the Jungle. Um, Wild Thing. Uh, I don't know. Does it have to be a worship song? Well, I guess it says something about you, whatever song you choose. Well, it sure does. I just, I, I don't, Mighty Ones, Catherine Mullins. I don't know if you one? guys know who Catherine Mullins is. Great friend out of the ramp uh, in uh, Alabama and Texas. Or, uh, Can you sing it for us? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> you do not want me to. I'm not Georgia. All right, first <laughs> off, I'm, I'm, I cannot sing at all. I'm terrible. Not They're at like, all? N- well, I mean, I sing, but like when I'm standing next to people and I'm worshiping, I tend to go real quiet. Because I've literally distracted people before. It's awful. It's demonic. Well, there's nothing like a really loud singer behind you when they can't sing. If if I, okay, so if like, yes, and that's me. I'm that guy. Oh, you're that guy? So lucky you're on the front row and it's not hitting anyone. Yeah, well, I don't know. I mean, it somehow makes it into somebody's ear. It's brutal. It's brutal. Okay, yes. so so what? Okay, so you've picked all your songs for your soundtrack. I, I gosh, I maybe you know what? Maybe the whole motion picture soundtrack to Braveheart. I okay, feel that. that Anybody else here for that? Like, I feel that. Like, I, like, I don't know. Like, I don't think in song. I think in soundtrack. So, like, like yes. when I think of okay, at the end, I, I, I love Avengers, Marvel. Anybody else? Come on, let me hear you. At the end, when everybody, Captain America is willing to fight Thanos on his own in Endgame, and then all of a sudden, like Doctor Strange start doing the sparkly circle thing, right? And then everybody shows up, and that soundtrack that's playing, man, anybody else, like, get teary-eyed when you're like, that's a day one, that loyalty factor is there, we're going to go whoop some booty. I mean, that's, that to me, like, I think in soundtrack. That's good. That's okay, a great sorry, answer. that's a long answer. No, that. that was a good answer. Yeah. That's excellent. Okay. When was the last time you screamed at the top of your lungs? Last night. Oh, but before that? Yeah, before that? Um, maybe uh, three or four days ago, because my favorite football team was losing. <laughs> so it's and I'm like, come strength. on, you know. Um, I'm this way. People are like, you, you're like so passionate on stage. Are you a toned down version of that? The answer is no. <laughs> like, I don't, I'm 100 like this all the time. I mean, I, I think I'm quiet sometimes, but that's probably when I'm focused. But yeah, last night was the last time I was screaming. And I was praying for uh, an, uh, an amazing oh, yeah. man over here. I heard that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and, and, uh, and so I'm screaming uh, real loud, but I, I don't know how else to live life. That's a good scream. Yeah. Screaming out for the things of the Lord. That's powerful. Amen. Okay. I have to ask you this one. Cats or dogs? 
after your story last night. Just well, for those we know of the you on the podcast, those of you that are listening on this podcast right now, Pastor Chris told a terrible story about <laughs> killing a cat last night, not with one wheel, but two. Two, but good aim. Can you good give aim. me that? Yep. I must say, look. What is that? To like be, a thousand points on a video game or something like that? I'm winning it. Life. To okay, be, to be I honest, I hate cats. Thank you. I'm sorry. Thank you. I'm sorry. I do not like... Oh, majority. Okay. I'm got, a dog fan. Have you like, guys seen my dog? I am a dog? dog lover. You have to meet my dog. The, uh, do I? I want oh. to. I love dogs. Uh, y'all pray for my wife because she will not let us get a dog. I oh, know. Erica. Erica Estrada, if you ever listen to this podcast, she get. needs Jesus. She we needs need a, a dog. dog. And so her big thing is you travel too much. I'm going to end up taking care of it. And I'm like, well, you wanted a fifth kid, so meet in the middle, right? <laughs> Let's get a dog. Um, but I am not a cat person. I no. don't like cats. They serve, anyways, I don't want to get, they, they serve, serve no, purpose. no purpose. They will not defend. If someone broke into your house, that cat's going to watch you die. <laughs> Just like this. The dog would at least fight. Even if right. it was a chihuahua, it would at least fight or bark really loud. But yeah. so, no, I'm not a cat person. I used to have a cat when I was little. Yeah. And it was sitting on my. What was its name? Snip. Cat names are always the most. <laughs> Do you extra... know why, though? What? Do, did you guys ever have the ice creams that are cut like in a triangular tube and you cut the top of it off? And you could get strawberry or chocolate? A triangle tube? They, they were like a pyramid shape. <laughs> Does anyone know what I'm talking about? And you cut the top of it That's and a then you like. Thing. And they used to be called a snip. So my cat was Snip, but I was patting her like this, and out of the blue for no reason, both her claws came up straight down my face. I hate cats. Demons with fur. I know. Like I know. I do not like cats. And every time I tell that story, I get tagged in so many cat pictures. I know that. (laughs) Now I just gave you an idea. I watch. It's going to happen this afternoon. I get tagged in so many cat pictures. I get emails. It's incredible. I love my life. Please don't email us or inbox Please. us about cats. Yeah. Tell us who you are and what you do. So my name's Chris. I'm married to Erica. I have four amazing kids. You do. And uh, my oldest is 12. My youngest is three. Uh, he's a legend. Um, I am deeply passionate, obviously, about my family. But as a family, we serve an incredible vision called Missions Me. And it's really to unite the global church for the salvation and transformation of nations. So, you know, something small. Um, We really have led four historic campaigns around the world that have that have brought the largest missions team on the planet. Like in Peru, we brought 10,000 people from uh, 43 nations, 150 organizations to pound the ground in Peru for seven days across different dynamics. And, uh, And really... Our great uh, vision in front of us right now is One Day LA. And so we have a vision to demonstrate the most irrational display of love the city of Los Angeles has ever seen. And I think a lot of times we look at these world cities that perhaps they're godless or or for whatever reason there's a level of wickedness you don't find yeah. across of it. But I truly believe that light burns better in darkness. Mm-hmm. I believe that some of the greatest moves of God are going to come from the places we least yeah. expect it. Yeah. And with Los Angeles, we are calling for 20,000 team members to be a part of this incredible movement that is going to form 400 teams, guys. That's I mean, if we did it right, we could adopt the whole city 
of Los Angeles, and we're going to go from Hollywood to Inglewood. You know what I'm saying? We're going to go from all over, from Skid Row, where you're seeing the homeless tent cities on the sidewalks. I've walked them with our students, with our team, with my own kids, and ministering to people. We're going to solve issues. We call it intelligent outreach. A lot of times we do ministry, and we're ministering to needs that aren't even there. We're just doing it for pictures, or we're doing it for to say we did something, and we don't want to form a team, have a week, and say we did something, when really there's nothing that lasts outside of that. Yeah. And the true hero is going to be the yeah. local church. Yeah. Our heart is to lay down uh, our, like we feel like the mandate on this vision does not need egos, logos, or labels. What it needs is a level of humility where it doesn't matter who gets the credit because it's amazing what God can do when we have that kind of heart. And the local church is the sustaining vehicle for transformation and revival in any region. So we want to platform the local church in areas. And it's supernatural in the way that God's doing it. How many literal movements uh, 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 and denominations are yeah. going to be a part of it. Yeah. it. It's incredible. And, of course, you can find out more yeah. uh, on social yeah. media. Because Youth Alive, we are partnering. Um, Let's with, go. Yeah. So if you guys want to be a part of that, um, it's happening in July. But mm-hmm. follow along. Have a look on Missions Me. Yeah, go to Missions Me on Instagram right now as yeah. you listen to this podcast or even in this room. Go to Missions yeah. Me. Or you can even follow uh, our personal accounts, like mine would be PC Estrada, because we know some people don't follow organizations, they follow people uh, that'll preach. And so um, I, I follow it because we're always updating the freshest and the latest updates that are out there. Just yeah. last night, we had a global interest call from people from all over the world that are literally saying, I want to be a part of this. And it yeah. may not be happening in your city or your nation, but let's be honest, if you touch Los Angeles, you do touch the nations. It's yeah, the media right. capital of the world. It's the culture hub of the world. There's so much influence. There's so much star power that goes through there. What would it be like if we were able to touch L.A. and then we would all maximize that moment uh, uh, in the Memorial Coliseum? This is the largest Coliseum in Los Angeles, the largest in California, and it's the largest west of Texas. It's massive. And we have a vision to turn the stadium into a studio. What would it be like if we had people who were the top 100 media influencers of the day, standing in the stadium, and they started insta live and Facebook live and everything that was happening. What would it look like if we had the celebrities and, and, and all the people with influence and clout literally live stream? We would be able, as we've added it up, we would be able to touch a demographic that the world has never seen the uh, church penetrate before, and it would be amazing to watch you name it and be there. And can I tell you, we have already started the conversation with people. I, I'm not going to name drop because that's just not who we are, but we've already started the conversation with people whose music you're listening to, whose movies you're watching, and people are saying, we have got to find a way to be more involved with this. The momentum is building, and I feel like it's a huge honor to have youth alive on the front lines, believing God for citywide transformation. Anybody else hyped about that? Yeah. So be sure to also keep your eye on all of our social media platforms because we'll be Absolutely. filling you in more. Absolutely. So, so Chris, you, you're living quite an extraordinary life right now. So what I want to do is go back to when you were younger and just kind of unpack, you know, our whole theme here yeah. is, is no ordinary life. And Cameron and I really felt that that was such a God thing because God wants to move a generation and remind you that you have got an extraordinary call of God on your life. So as we unpack 
Chris's life, I want you to think about what God can do in your life and through your life. So can we go back to when you were in like year eight or nine? How would your teachers have described you? I am a teacher. How would I have written about you in a report if your parents came to parent-teacher interview? Um, you know, I purposely tried to hide the, the nights that we would do parent-teacher interviews from my parents. I, I'm sure they would use words like demonic. <laughs> okay, um, so it's bad. Like, like just this problem child. And I really was. I, I was just, you know, I think a lot of them were just frustrated uh, with me because I just didn't care. Yeah. I would say whatever came out of my mouth. I would be irreverent, disrespectful. Uh, I was, the bad part about it is I had influence, and so I could turn the whole class against the teacher, which I did many times. Sounds um, like Cameron. pretty awesome. But um, I, I, like, there was so much that I go back now, being someone who oversees a Bible college, Mrs. Me College, I'm like, oh, my gosh, this yeah. is this is God's like big joke. Like, if you had students circle. Oh, in goodness. your Missions Me College yeah. like you. It's fun. I, I, because <laughs> I know fun. where they're coming from, and I'm a step ahead. I know exactly yes. what it was like. So year eight and nine, oh, my gosh, I, that, was, that was probably the heart of my worst uh, because I just didn't have any identity. I didn't have any understanding of purpose. Um, I was just living for the moment and caring too much about people's opinions about my life. And so because I cared what the current opinion poll of my life was, that's when I always acted out. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. And that's even worse now with social media. Oh, my God. So maybe let's park on that one yeah. for a second. How can we, you know, be ourselves? and, you know, there's this real pressure to, there's a difference between fitting in and belonging. Mm. Like fitting in is changing who you are to yes. feel that you're accepted. Yes. Belonging is finding those people that yeah. accept you as you are. Um, how do we navigate that with social media world? You know, I think a lot of times we look at, we, we, we get into the comparison game. Yeah. Because all of a sudden there's a scoreboard, right? The amount of yeah. following, the amount of likes, the yeah. amount of comments, the amount of interaction, all of that feeds to value. Yeah. And uh, I don't find my value. I'm, I'm further along in Christ to find my worth from a man behind an account I've never met before. Mm. And I think even for the ladies, like we're talking about the girl next door, mm. I think, ladies, you, you are worth following with honor and respect. And I believe that anybody who would try to hurry you along or suffocate who you really are is someone you don't need in your life. And vice versa, for the men that are listening right now, I think it's so important for you to know who you are. Uh, the truth is, you, we, don't, we have a purposeless disease on this generation right now. I don't know what my purpose is, but that is stemmed from an identity issue. Because if you don't know who you are, you won't know who you're called to. See, calling is a what, but purpose really a lot of times we need to understand it uh, is, is who you're called to. For instance, when I was a missionary in Sri Lanka, I wasn't called to a location. I wasn't called to a, a, a nation because of the systems and the belief structures. I was called to a people. And so I was called to the people of Sri Lanka. Just like now, I travel all over the world and get to speak to youth and young adults all over the place. I'm, I'm not called to youth and young adult ministry. I'm called to people. And because I know who I am, I know who I'm called to. But you'll never know your purpose in life unless you know who you are. And there's only one place you'll find that. And the Bible says it. It's hidden in Christ Jesus. And I talk a lot about this, believe it or not. 
in, in our, our curriculum, uh, Kingdom Identity. Because I think a lot of times what happens is we start to find ourselves in our success, our trophies, our accolades, our bank accounts, our, our following. We try to find it there. And eventually that you're going to find out that's just a dry well. And the, the, there's something about being hidden. There's a season that comes on your life where you're not noticed, where nobody celebrates you. And I think it's very dangerous to live to be acknowledged when the truth is the Bible teaches us live to be remembered. And it's a young man's game, a young leader, a young lady wants to be acknowledged. But man, can I just ask you to mature in a moment and say, I don't want to just be acknowledged. I want my grandkids to remember how I prayed. I want a generation to remember how I lived. Because I think it's the world, that's such a worldly mindset. I want to be acknowledged. I want notoriety. I want spotlight. And, and although that may get you some validation in a moment, it will not carry you into hope. It will not carry you into freedom. And obviously, it will carry you the opposite direction of your identity. And we've got to establish that. And I always say it like this. Hidden seasons are sacred seasons. Let God hide you. you, you we feel like, God, you're burying me. Well, a seed's life begins with its burial. And the only reason that a diamond is able to become a diamond is because it's been hidden. And the only thing that you hide is things worth of value. So if you are in a hiding season, understand your value is increasing. Come on, can I get a good amen from the in-house crowd right now? And I, uh, your value is finding more worth as I'm being hidden. And it, this is an inside-out, upside-down kingdom. I, I don't find my value when I'm noticed. I find my value in the private places, in the prayer closet, in my character, in my attitude. I get the most celebratory win when I'm in private and not in public. And uh, it's dangerous. Yeah. I like what Bishop Jake said one time. He said, you better be careful with the spotlight because it's hot up here. Yeah. And the heat, could, the heat could take you out if you're not careful, if you haven't put on the spiritual muscle you need yeah. to be hidden. And one of the reasons that I called this podcast The Girl Next Door is because that's what I relate to the most. Mm. That I've never felt like, you know, I wasn't the most popular person or the coolest person. I just felt like the ordinary yeah. person. Yeah. And I think now so many young people are striving to be important, which mm. means recognized. Yeah. And I love that about the hidden place. And I it's think true. we have to decide whose opinion matters to us. Like, go into social media with a plan, just like you go into dating with a plan. We haven't got time to talk about that now, but... My Go into goodness. social media with a plan. Like, I don't care what anyone says about me except certain people who are in real time in my life. So pick, you know, three or four people yeah. whose opinion matters to you. Yeah. And they're the people you listen to. And anyone else on social media don't have the right to sit in the arena of, no. your, of your life. Because they judge you so fast from face value. Yeah. And the truth is, the people that judge you the fastest know you the least. Yes. It's amazing yeah. how, how things can get started. Rumors can get started yeah. from people who have maybe not even had one conversation yeah. uh, with you. Yeah. And um, I, I, uh, I agree with you. I want to echo how you grew up because I didn't grow up as the popular kid. Yeah. I, I grew up trying to keep up with all the popular kids. Yeah. I, I was on that. I, I wasn't in the uh, maybe I had the, the gift of influence, yes. but I wasn't influential and so I felt yeah. like you know, I felt like yeah. I'm this ordinary kid and I'm trying to act like I'm super special by misbehaving and saying and living however I wanted yeah. um, and and I think that's the true tension of where we're at in that age bracket yeah. is how I think a great question I get at, I got asked one time was how do I make my ordinary radical and my radical ordinary 
And always tell them, well, make your ordinary radical. Yeah. And make your yes. radical what's normal. And so yes. if you're going to live, uh, uh, this is not an uh, uh, ordinary life, then you can't have an ordinary prayer life. You can't study the Bible ordinarily. You, you can't have an ordinary character. You, you, you have to go above and beyond. And you've got to let God weaponize things that other people have looked down on. Let them weaponize those things in a fresh way. I love that. We cannot have an ordinary character. You know, I'm, I bang on about that to my kids yeah. because my older two, well, Georgia, who was just up here before, and, and my son, who have got jobs now. And I'm like, you guys need to be the best employees, even if you just like making smoothies and Absolutely. juices for your part-time job. Absolutely. Like, uh, Liam got approached by the trolley guy at Woolies the other day saying, can you come work for us? Like, we don't employ young wow. kids, but I've watched you working here. Imagine can that. you come pull trolley? And Liam's like, cool, yep. Isn't that crazy? I'm like, you know what? We need a generation of kids willing to push trolleys Absolutely. in car parks and be be the best at what you're doing be the best in your class be the best at your study it be the best in your matters. it matters can i can i add to that yeah go for it because a lot of people don't know this about my background is i used to be the internet sales director for mercedes benz right in in um in the dallas fort worth market and wow. so that's that's a that, that's a sweet job with an amazing product yeah. you know how i got that i started off setting appointments and then I, the where we would park to get into the office, I would have to pick up trash. Or I'm sorry, the trash, the parking lot, the car park was full of trash. And it just bothered me because my mama and my youth pastor always said, if you walk past a, a, a piece of trash, then yeah. there's something wrong with your character. Because we're making yeah. you an owner and not uh, like the difference between an owner and a renter. You're not here to rent your life. You're here to own your life. Own yeah, the ministry. So own the home. Don't walk past a piece of trash. It'll, mention, it'll say a lot about who you are. So that always stuck with me. So one day I started picking up all the trash. I would come into the office with hands fulls of trash. It got to the point where I'd bring a grocery bag. Because I, I don't know if God just caused a south wind and an east wind and a west wind to blow all the trash over here to work on my character. But I started putting all this trash in there, right? And then one day, as I'm picking up this trash, the president of Mercedes-Benz, the president of Rolls-Royce, and I believe it was the president of Maserati, were in the conference room that overlooked the car park that I was picking up trash. And they were having the conversation, who can we find that we can trust? We can train whoever, but we need someone that won't walk past a piece of trash that they will take ownership of the small things, not just the big things, and they all look out the conference room, and there I am, just picking up all the trash, like a little trash goblin, all over the parking lot. And they said, who's that guy? Called me in 15 minutes later. I had a $50,000 raise, like that. Wow. What was that coming from? <clears throat> picking up trash. I, I, I will never forget that. It's yeah. always stayed with me. 100%. And that's what God's looking for. Absolutely. The Bible that's says that his life. eyes ro roam the earth, and oh, that is not an on, ordinary life. He's looking. So He's good. Awesome. This is so, so good, good, Chris. All right, quick game. Yeah. Would you rather? Okay. <laughs> I've only got two because we haven't got much time left, and Go I've ahead. got some because Go you're like giving us okay. gold. Okay. Would you rather clog the toilet on a first date or the first day of a new job? I feel like I've done both. <laughs> I'm sure I have somewhere in my life. Um, I think I'd go with the first date. Oh, really? Because I, if they love you after that, True. you know what I mean? Like if, if she's like still like, wow, you're the one after she's seen the strength that I can Smelt carry yeah. in the bathroom. That's, I'm telling you, there's some promise that's there. 
Okay. You'd be lucky to get a second date, but yeah, excellent. All right. <laughs> I think, yeah. Would you rather be bitten by a spider or a snake? Well, in Australia, <laughs> you really don't get a choice, do you? I mean, you, Have you pretty seen much everything here can kill you. Like I was talking with so uh, uh, Willem in the car, and I was like, y'all don't go to the beach much around here. Oh, no, we got the jellyfish, and we got the sharks, and there's already been three crocodile sightings around here. So if I had to choose... I would take the spider. But I watched this one YouTube channel with this guy who would get bit by the, the strongest bites in the world oh. uh, into the wilderness. Or something. Do you guys, has anyone seen this? Yeah. yeah. Okay, you know, what's Dakota, what's his name? Coyote something, right? Whatever. This guy would get bit by all these, like the bullet ant, uh, this certain type of wasp. He would be on the ground in pain. I made my kids watch all of them because I'm a good dad. I know. And my, my son, my three-year-old, is sitting on the couch like this and trying to look, oh, ow, hit my mouth, and, and trying to look through the, 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 his hands. But that's exactly, I, I think I'd take the spider. I hate snakes. Oh, my gosh, I hate snakes. The devil was a snake. What about you guys? Hand up spider. Oh, more spiders. Okay, snake. What is wrong with you people? Because you know what it is with a snake? They don't just bite. They, like, wrap themselves around you For and sure. squeeze you to death first. And As then, if I didn't know like... you bit me. It's like <laughs> yeah. making sure you know I'm here. I felt you. I felt you all over. I'm literally petrified of spiders. Like, Cameron and I have a fight over it. He is too. Who's going to kill the spider in our house? Come really? on. You're scared of spiders. Yeah, you are. <laughs> I scream so loud. Because, like, up here they're massive and they run so fast. I always chase my girls with fake spiders. Oh, that's just nasty. I throw it on them when they're sleeping. They're not funny. I'm that dad. I don't care. You are care. that dad. Yeah. But okay. they get me back too. We'll finish with this one. Okay. How do you know what God wants you to do with your life? Wow, that's incredible. Um, because I feel like that's the question I get asked. I would say right. outside of salvation... That's the question. I get. How do I know yeah. God's telling me to do this? Well, let me give you different scenarios because I think everyone listening on the podcast and those in here would find themselves. The first person I would like to talk about is the person that um, is passionate about something and you're just consumed with it. It's yeah. part of you. Uh, you have to understand God does give you those passions and desires. Um, I'm passionate about preaching the word. There are people in this room who are like, I would never get on a stage. I would never do that. I'm extremely passionate about preaching it right and correctly and letting it be uh, uh, applicable to people's lives. Yeah. But there's some of us, we don't pay attention to our passions because we feel like if it's a passion that doesn't fit in the church world, mm. then we can't use it. It's not godly. When there are certain passions that don't necessarily make sense in the church context, but they're completely uh, originated from heaven like lawyers and doctors, and you think about businessmen and women, you, you think about, I think some of these young ladies who have a passion for art uh, are incredible. God wants to have a revival through that too. Um, I think of the next person when it comes to finding out what God does is look for the confirmation. You might have a desire in your heart, but then when someone comes to you and says, man, I just see this on your life, yeah. and it just confirms, it like solidifies something inside of you, you can find purpose there. Um, but I think most importantly, the only place you're going to find true purpose is when you're in his word and you're in prayer. I have never met one person 
who has a consistent walk with God yeah. in the place of prayer, the word, yeah. fasting, worship, all these yeah. spiritual uh, habits and disciplines that we have. I have never met anybody do all of that and feel a sense of purposeless. Yeah. I've met the exact opposite. I've always met people who aren't praying every day, who aren't reading, who aren't in God's face, who aren't hearing from heaven, who aren't letting God chisel and work on them, and they feel like, I don't know what I'm doing with my purpose. Um, And so I would challenge you, if you're looking, what is my purpose? I would start leaning into the place of prayer and the word. And, and we, like, I don't care what your Enneagram number is. I, I don't care what your personality test. Those, those tell you how you are, uh, but they don't tell you who you are. There's only one person that can tell you who you are, and it was the one who formed you in your mother's womb. It was the one who was there when you yeah, took your first it? breath. It's yeah. the one who knows how many hairs yeah. are on your head. Yeah. He, knows the, the, he knows the outline of your fingerprints. Yeah. He knows everything about you. You can take as many. I've watched people take all those tests, personality tests, spiritual gifts tests, skill set tests, all of that, and still know nothing and have no sense of purpose. Yeah. But when you are looking at the fire in his eyes as they're blazing towards you, yeah. Something is illuminated. It's supernatural, and you find your purpose. Yeah, yeah. And I think, too, keep doing what's in front of you and do it faithfully. Absolutely. No matter what it is. Absolutely. That's probably been one of my lifetime mantras. Just keep doing what's in front of me. Do it faithfully. Do it well. Do it to the best of my ability. Keep doing it over and over. And then it's amazing the doors that God will open for your life. Even if it doesn't look like where you're heading. Totally. God can use it all. I mean, he raised a king. On the backside of a mountain. Yeah. He made David, who was a shepherd, into arguably the world's greatest king on the planet. And God didn't do that in a palace with degrees and all the right people and the right family. He did that in a desert. Yeah. How much more can he do that with you being in this environment, Youth Alive? Brilliant. We can find purpose. Can you just pray for us? I would love to. Let's close our eyes and pray. Father, I thank you that we are being called to live this extraordinary pursuit. I thank you that there is not one person listening right now that is without purpose. They, They would not be sucking the air they're sucking. They would not be breathing in the life they're breathing. They would not be in on this planet if you didn't have an authentic purpose for their life. So I ask for the realm of discovery to come from the Holy Spirit, from the Word, from prayer, from fasting, from worship, these ancient habits that have still modern day results, God, that we would be like a seed planted in the garden of God. And as you water and you nourish us, Lord, that we wouldn't just sprout, but Lord, we would blossom and we would give the fruit of our lives over to a generation and nations that would be completely changed and transformed, that we would see Lord, a sweeping move of your presence over our life and eventually into these schools that are represented, into the families that are represented as they're listening right now. I declare a sense of purpose, authentic, prophetic destiny to come on your life right now. And where there has been a lead ceiling, where there has been confusion, I declare clarity and breakthrough right now in Jesus' name. I don't just declare your purpose to be known, but that you would have an authentic identity Identity, a kingdom identity that you would know who you are so you know who you're called to in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen, amen, and amen. Amen. It's going to be the most powerful podcast to listen to. I love it. I love it. <laughs> we thank give you. it up. Big thank you thank to Pastor you Chris Estrada. Wow. Thank you for joining us. 
make sure you come and find me on social media, girlnextdoor.podcast. <laughs>